The Cleveland Cavaliers were the young team that surprised everybody last year with their hot start to the NBA season. Which team might that be this year? And which of these young guys are we the most excited to track and monitor this coming season? All that and all that and more coming up next. You are locked on NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Sam Ferris. Welcome to the show today. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I'm there posting my thoughts. A lot of clips, especially now that we're into the NBA season and college basketball almost upon us. Some stats, some thoughts, all of that right now. And uh, it's a great time of the year with college basketball, NBA, all getting ready to go. And because we're kind of in the NBA swing of things now, getting ready to gear up for opening night in the NBA, uh, Leaf and I thought that a fun topic to do today is kind of a preview of the young teams in the NBA. The teams that we'll be focusing on today are the teams that most people think kind of have the brightest future in terms of a very long-term perspective, and that is Detroit, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Orlando. But we want to look at it as a preview for this year. We want to talk about, in the first segment, which team might be the Cavs from last year that kind of surprised people and maybe make a push for in the play-in game. And then in the second and third segment, we'll talk about what storylines we're looking forward to with these teams, which young guys might surprise us, who are the underrated players on those teams, and more. Um, so, Leaf, let's get into the first topic of the day, which I thought it'd be fun to start with because, you know, we like to think about the long term here, projecting these guys out. But among these teams, um, I, I personally think that there's two of these teams among the four I mentioned that have a better shot than the other two that I think I could make a better case for uh, making a push this season. Of course, there's a chance that any of these teams might feel that pull of Wimpanyama and Scoot and might end up tanking towards the second half of the year, but we don't want to talk about that yet. Let's talk about all these teams with a fresh slate. There's two teams I think that stand a little bit above the other two that I think have a better chance of making that push and of surprising people this year. Uh, so I'll let you start, though, Leaf. Which team among these teams do you think has the best chance to surprise people this year? I'm going with the Pistons. I feel pretty confident in that the Pistons will be better than what people think. I, I think, yes, if they were to tank again and get Wenbenyama, which obviously would be a pipe dream, that would be a phenomenal core. But I think they're a good team already in terms of, and when I say good, I don't mean a contender, but I mean a, a, a solid team that that can win games in the NBA. Um, I could see them making the play in very easily, and I wouldn't be stunned. I won't I won't predict it, but I wouldn't be stunned if they made the made the playoffs through the play in because they've got a they've got a player that is the franchise in Cade Cunningham. They have Sadiq Bay. They brought in Bojan Bogdanovic, who I think is going to help elevate the transition. They've got Isaiah Stewart. And then they brought in two draft picks this year that we were both very high on in Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. And, and, and that's a, that's six players that I think are legitimate 
bona fide NBA players already. And, and they have more on their roster. I think Cade Cunningham is going to take another step. I, I, Scotty Barnes won the rookie of the year, but I would, I would say pretty firmly that if you're choosing between those two, that Cade Cunningham is the guy you'd want to build your roster around more easily than Scotty Barnes. And, and I was very, very high on Scotty Barnes last year, but Cade Cunningham to me is the most obvious focal point of, of any of these four teams. Obviously Shea Gilgis Alexander has got a few more years on him, but I think Cade had, more of a instant impact for a transforming a franchise. And I think he's going to be able to transcend some struggles that the Pistons have had ever since the Blake Griffin era and, and drag them close to the playoffs, if not able to crack it within, within the plan. Nice. So you've got the very optimistic view there. That's why this is fun because I feel like there isn't as much analysis on the the teams that are projected to finish towards the bottom of the NBA. So I think it's easier to have kind of diverging thoughts and theories and beliefs with these teams because people don't really talk about them quite as much. So I think that's part of the fun here. So actually this is fun right away because I would have ranked Detroit fourth among these teams for this year. So I, I enjoy that kind of part of the debate. I think there's a chance you could be right. But let me tell you kind of why I personally am a little bit lower. The main reason is I think among these four teams, obviously they're all reliant on young talent, but I think Detroit is the most probably reliant on their very young talent right now. And what I mean by that is Jade Nivey is by all means, it looks like going to start right away. And we saw Marvin Bagley get hurt in the preseason yesterday. He's not a guy I'm that high on anyway, but now, Jalen Duren is going to be playing a ton of minutes right away. And I must remind the listeners that he will still be just 18 years old on opening night. And so they do have a guy like Bogdanovich that really helps. They're talking about bringing him off the bench, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But it just seems like they're focusing and they're relying even maybe more so than these other teams, or at least the two teams that I would have picked to rely on those young guys. And, and also I I tweeted this stat out yesterday because I have always been a Cade believer. I'm not overly worried, but he hasn't looked very good in the preseason. I tweeted this stat out yesterday after their game that through three preseason games on shots outside of five feet. So like outside of layups or short floaters, he's like five of 23 and the jumper just hasn't looked that good. And so my thing is with Detroit is if you remember last year, Cade really slow start to the season and then looked good later on in the year. If he gets off to a slow start again this year, like how he's been playing in the preseason, then I kind of think Detroit's dead in the water early on. And I think that's fair. I think the reliant on youth is, is why I think if we were to talk about the, the cores, I'm a huge believer in the cores. I know that's not the question. My thinking yeah. is that Dwayne Casey is a better coach. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I think Dwayne Casey is a better coach than the coaches on these other kind of rebuilding franchises that are turning the keys over. Uh, and, and I think that he'll find a way. And I, I'm a true believer in Cade Cunningham. I expect him to k- pick off where he left off last year rather than let the preseason form dictate it. Though I do think that's a very valid point that he has struggled shooting the ball. And that was largely what was responsible for his turn late in the season. Um, I'm curious to hear your number two. I think we may agree here, but I'll, I'll, I'll pose mine. I, I have the magic as my second one that I think could 
uh, exceed expectations because I think their core is slept upon in the sense that they've got a lot, a lot of lottery talent on their team that is starting to mature. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. was a big addition uh, from the Vucevic trade. I think he'll be very good. Uh, Markel Fultz, obviously, Nicole Anthony, and um, on Jalen Suggs. There's some injury concerns there, but you've got talent in the guard room. And then you obviously bring in Paolo Bancaro, Jonathan Isaac's injured. But, but this team has kind of defined roles now with Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro scoring, Wendell Carter Jr. spacing and defending. And then you get some scoring from their backcourt. So I think that team will be better than most think. But I, I think I believe more in the Pistons than I do the Magic. Okay. Yeah, I had Orlando as one of my top two teams there. So we're more in line with that one. And yeah, so th- the case for Orlando starts with that. Uh, I think this is an interesting debate. I I might say that right now they're their top three, their trio is maybe the best right now, and that being Paolo, Fran, Franz, and Wendell Carter. I think you could make the argument that that trio is the most ready to contribute to winning basketball this season. Um, because, and the reason being is because their defense was actually, you know, if we look at offense and defense and talk about ranking these teams in, com- in terms of this coming year, I think you could say that Orlando's defense might be the best unit among these four teams. Uh, They finished per cleaning the glass 17th in defense last year, but over the second half of the year, uh, it's up to you to to determine how much you want to read into this, but they ranked 11th in defense over the second half of the year. And just with Carter, with Franz, and I I had Paolo ranked third uh, coming into the draft, but I do think he's certainly ready you know, we can debate how high his ceiling is, but I think he is ready to come in and play at a good level right away. And so I think it starts with the defense for them. And it starts with, I think their top three might be the most ready to contribute right away. I, I think I agree with that. Uh, my, I always say this in the college sense, but I think I'll say this in the, in the NBA sense is I worry about their guard play more than I do. Yeah. Um, the Pistons because I, I really have the ultimate faith in Cade. Um, yeah. Obviously Ivy's going to have some growing pains as you do as a rookie, but I'm a big believer in Ivy. And then I, I think for the other two, if you go to the thunder, the thunder, should they have had Chet? I think this is a different conversation for both of us. I think he impacts winning on a large scale, but with him being out, I think the idea shifts more from this is our transition year to from bottom dweller to, kind of rising up the staircase towards the main floor, but not quite getting there to let's stay one more year of, of kind of being mediocre in a talented draft uh, draft class and mediocre is a generous word there, I, I think. Um, and then I, I just think that the, the guard play for the magic and injury concerns, especially about their guard play um, makes me a little hesitant to believe in their team ceiling, but I do agree that those three are the most ready to impact winning basketball of any trio between these four teams. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I'll finish up my thoughts on the magic. And then after this break, I will also make the case for why I could see Houston potentially making that jump this year as well. But first a word from our sponsor bet online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains 
your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and more. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's yeah finish up on Orlando. I agree. In my notes, the reason I wrote down is the con for them or the reason why it doesn't happen is the lack of guard play. And especially that really hinges on how soon we see Fultz and even Gary Harris, who's kind of been forgotten about with injury. But, you know, similar to you, kind of looking at almost through a college basketball lens, they kind of have their top three guys in the front court. But if they can just get some of that more veteran just stableness, if that's a word, just consistency in the backcourt, that will really help them. And I think Gary Harris is still a guy that can play for a playoff team. And so that would really help him make the push. The X factor here, though, is Jalen Suggs, who, like, I was high on coming into the draft. He disappointed just because of the shooting last year and the injuries that plagued him throughout his rookie year. And I've kind of been holding on to hope. I still am, but through like a game and a half of preseason, which is more small sample, it's kind of looked a lot like it did last year. So it's getting a little bit late early for him in terms of being that elite prospect that we hope for. However, if he can turn it around and show more of those signs, at least some improvement as a shooter, that really changes their outlook this year and especially long-term as well. Um, So any other notes on Orlando I guess I'll mention too I'm a little bit lower on their depth which prevented them from being number one for me especially if Harrison Fultz don't come back soon like having to rely on RJ Hampton Bull Bull Caleb Houston right away even Chumo Kiki to me is kind of probably worse than most of even these other young teams I would I would say yeah, I'm with you there, and and I I'm curious to hear your pitch on Houston, uh, and and yeah. I, I think I think I know what the pitch is going to be, but I'm curious to see if if there's a rebuttal. So I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you, and I, I've I've got to I've got to hear it before I say something. I think we'll be thinking the same way about. So go ahead. Okay. Well, there's a few. The reason why it won't happen, first of all, is the the Western Conference is just too good this season. But if they're you know if they're even able to make the play in. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. And the first reason is because I think they're a little rest, less reliant on their very young like rookies. Kind of comparing that, juxtaposing that with Detroit, where, like for example, in the preseason, Jabari Smith can't play. Okay, we got Kenyon Martin Jr. We got Jay Sean Tate. We even got Tari Eason, who's looked fantastic in the preseason. But like Kenyon Martin Jr. is good. Jay Sean Tate is good. Like those guys would play for a lot of playoff teams. And so I I like their depth a lot better than teams like Detroit or Orlando. I think they're still very young and somewhat unproven. But when you can bring in guys like that off the bench in place of a Jabari Smith, that provides a little bit more consistency and makes me feel a little bit more comfortable making that pick. Um, And then I don't know how much you want to read into preseason. I think, I think you should read into it somewhat, but you really have to dig into who they're playing. And, uh, you know, if they're playing another team that's just resting every starter, that doesn't really matter. But there are teams, like I think the Warriors last year, that really put in a a lot of stock into the preseason and use that as a springboard into the regular season. Well, Houston, 
I looked up the the net ratings and stats for the preseason. So take it with a grain of salt, certainly. But they have the uh, they have the tenth best offense and fourth best defense in the preseason. Uh, but last year they were at the very bottom in defense and twenty sixth and O. So it's kind of whichever more of those you want to read into. Obviously, you got to put more stock into last year's regular season. But I think I do value the preseason somewhat. They've just looked good. The offense looks explosive. I think they probably have the best backcourt, right? Well, no, I can't say that. SGA is the best player among these four teams. So Oklahoma City would still have the best backcourt. But the the main reason to me is I don't I don't know how much better Jalen Green is going to be this year, but I've I've for a long time been the Jalen Green believer. I have him ranked, even though it's really close between Cade Mobley and Green. I think Cade, I think right now I would take Jalen Green as the number one player from that class. I know I've always been higher on him than consensus. I continue to be. I think he I think he could very well be a superstar score in the NBA. I think we could see an Anthony Edwards like leap from him this year. And so those are kind of the factors I look at with I like their depth. Uh, compared to some of these other teams, they've had a really good preseason, and uh, I'm a really big Jalen Green believer. Yeah, and I think that a lot of your points I agree with, and I considered, uh, especially I. We both talked about this in two separate podcasts, and then separately, we, we were both huge on the Tari Eason pick that we thought that was a steal right away in summer league. We both did reaction videos of kind of like right and wrongs on our big boards, and he was prime amongst that. Um, so I agree. They they did well. They've got depth in their front court. They've got up-and-coming players. I, I'm not sure I buy their defense as much because I, I think anyone with a front court of Alperin Shangoon is going to need yeah. some serious uh, compensation. I think Jabari Smith, though, he's going to be a good defender. And same with Tari Eason. They're going to have growing pains in the NBA. I think the backcourt for Houston makes makes it hard for me to believe in them in be- – Partially because, like you said, the Western Conference is loaded, but partially, but yeah. the reason I have a hard time believing in their backcourt so thoroughly is not because of the talent. The talent's there. It's, it's who's going to get the ball and how is that that, that going to get divvied up. I, I kind of have this feeling that the, the Rockets are going to be a little bit of too many cooks in the kitchen at times, and, and it makes me worried about p- picking a team to win like that, especially when they're trying to find an identity. So you're going to get the ball of, okay, my turn, your turn. You got a number three pick on the team that was largely touted as one of the best prospects um, this past year in Jabari Smith. You got Tari Eason, who's just an energizer bunny, who once he gets the ball, he rarely kind of gives it up, and he's a drive-and-kick guy. Alperin Shangun is probably the best passer on the team. And then they've got Jalen Green, you got Kevin Porter Jr. I I think talent-wise, I agree with you that this team's got the most depth of talent, and, and they've got the best top eight of any of these teams. I just find that their level of competition playing against the Western Conference, and I'd say only four teams in the West aren't going to be good. Like the, the 10 and 11 seed in the West probably are going to be good. So if you get past there, it's going to be pretty hard. Um, and then I, I just have a hard time buying into a culture that I don't believe in as much as I do in the culture of Dwayne Casey and a lesser Eastern Conference. But the, the Rockets and and uh, and Pistons, I parallel to myself. And talent-wise, the Rockets win it but I just believe more in the possibility of winning. And maybe that's the question is a little tainted by strength of schedule, but that, that is, that was my main point and you addressed it early on. So I think their talent is really superb. Uh, It'll just 
boil down to how well they develop it for the future versus in the short term. Yeah, certainly my hesitancy is the Western Conference that looks awesome. Then again, there's always, we think this all the time where a conference is going to be loaded. And every year, one or two teams disappoint. One or two teams have serious injuries. And one of my kind of hot take predictions coming into the year is I think either Houston or Sacramento will finish above Portland. Um, I think it's more likely to be Sacramento. But uh, yeah, and then just to... We'll finish up on your point and then we can move on to OKC. But I agree. I'm a little bit worried in how the usage and ball, frankly, is divvied out. And like Kevin Porter Jr. is a talented passer, but sometimes I, I just like to see him give it up and move off the ball. Like he, he'll sometimes dribble the air out of the ball and then set a guy up really nicely. But sometimes a great point guard means just move off the ball. Uh, let others touch it, let it move around, let the ball gain energy. And sometimes I wish you would just do that a little bit more often. However, I do think Shen Goon's passing, he is the best passer on the team, like you said, combined with Jabari Smith's spacing and movement off the ball will help maximize those guys. Whether or not that really takes place this year or more long-term is the question though. Um, but again, the Western Conference is, is going to make that tough to happen. So We'll finish up uh, doing OKC here, the pitch for them, and then we'll kind of move into kind of the specific awards or not awards, but um, storylines we might be looking for who we're excited to watch. So let's finish up OKC here. We've talked about them a little bit. I think they have the best player, I would say, right now in SGA among these four teams. I would. Uh, you said you like Detroit's coach the best. I like Mark Dagnalt the best as a coach. Actually, I think he did a really good job uh, having uh, helping OKC to a competent defense last year where before they started to go tank mode, they were actually the number 14 defense through the first half of the year last year. And I think I really wish we could see Chet this year because if he were playing with the system they have, I could see them like being a borderline top 10 defense. Unfortunately, he won't play that hurts kind of their watchability for me this year, but also just in terms of how good they'll be. Um, they do have certainly a ton of young talent. Uh, there's a lot of guys that might make a potential leap. I'm higher on Jalen Williams. I, I'm higher on Trey Mann than consensus. Uh, where are you on them? If you had to pick between Houston or OKC, just for this coming year, where would you lean? I'd lean towards Houston. I, I think that if chat were playing i'd feel pretty confident in okc as well but it, I, to me houston has more more established nba players that have done more in the nba and probably better a better incoming rookie class because chat wasn't here and so i i believe more in their talent depth of talent rather than the process but i do think the thunder are better coached and i'm really excited to watch jalen williams in the nba i mean he tore up summer league in the preseason he's been phenomenal I, I really do like Trey Mann's growth. He's gained muscle, and he's I think he's going to be more confident in the game. I think a guy like Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to have an expanded role without Chet Holmgren being there and growing into his shoes a little bit. Um, and then Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the question is, how much does he play? Like the last few years, whether it's strategic or not, like a lot of people kind of indicate, he hasn't played very much. And so I have some hesitancy in banking on the best player in this because I think – the Thunder have ulterior motives as well as their team. While they are good defensively, they're so reliant on him offensively 
uh, I have I have my questions about how they're going to score the ball and what's becoming an offensive driven offensively driven league. Yeah, yeah, that that's a question. How much does SGA play? Last year, per cleaning the glass, they were 29th in offense. And that's in large part due to just towards the end of the year, they went tank mode. And so SGA can help lift that up if he does play. But the question is, how much does he play? And also their front court talent isn't on the level of these other teams right now. Like JRE is going to be playing a lot of minutes. I do hope Poku, he's looked better in the preseason, can kind of become at least an NBA player. Uh, but then you're dealing with guys like Darius Baisley, Lindy Waters, Usman Jang, and, and those guys are kind of like borderline NBA players at this point. And so I think they probably, while they might have the best backcourt because of SGA and also Giddy and Jalen Williams, they might have the least talent right now, especially with Chet sitting out in the front court. Um, but let's move on to some of these other storylines or just uh, kind of our own awards we wanted to hand out. So let's go through and say on each team, which player, which of the young guys specifically do you think will most exceed expectations? Uh, let's start with OKC while we're on them. My pick, I, I could go either Trey Mann or Jalen Williams, two guys I'm higher on than consensus and have been. Um, there's a lot of undersized scoring guards in the NBA, but I think people are going to come to realize this year that Trey Mann is an elite shot creator or will be long-term on the ball, but also he's a really good just spot-up shooter playing off of SGA and Giddy, And so that's why I like him. Like you said, he's added some of that muscle. He looks just more confident as well. So I think he's going to have a bigger role this year and will surprise some people that might not consider him part of their core long-term. To me, he certainly is. And then Jalen Williams, the question with him is, where did they deploy him? Like, how did they use him? Because in the preseason, some of the time he's been kind of playing as like only a backup point guard. But I really liked him in summer league, like we've talked about, where he was more of a wing cutting off the ball, playing off of their creators. And so those are the two guys that I would pick that I'm higher on and expect to some surprise some people but it kind of depends how they're utilized this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Those are the two I would lean towards. Uh, I think Trey Mann, because he didn't you know, shock anyone in his rookie year, and whereas Jalen Williams was the talk of summer league, um, I would say would be the one that I, I think is more likely to break out and surprise, but that's a narrative thing rather than a, a basketball thing. I, I think Jalen Williams is going to be really good for a long time. Um, I think it took about, 10 minutes of watching him in the summer league and you knew his NBA role was to be a three and D to a T and he has the upside to have the ball like he did at Santa Clara. But I think he'll thrive playing off of Giddy and, um, and SGA. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think he's the guy I'm most excited to watch. I really would love to see him, especially if they had Chet because Chet's a underrated passer and draws a lot of attention. And I think it really helped Jalen Williams in the summer league. Um, I, I'm I'm also eager to see just the time distribution of how they play their guards, like and what lineups because SGA and Giddy are going to be givens. But what what type of minutes do they give Jalen Williams at the two guard versus the three? How often they play Trey Mann with Jalen Williams or with Josh Giddy? Because they've got the requisite height and length. But I'm curious to see what type of ball distribution they have for those type of trio or quartet of guards. Yep. All right. What about, uh, who should we go to next? Let's go to Orlando. 
which of their guys do you think will maybe surprise people the most? I don't know if this will be a surprise, but I'm expecting a leap from from Franz Wagner. Like, like a, mm-hmm. he was efficient last year, and everyone kind of that is statistically oriented uh, really enjoys efficiency. But I think he'll have more uh, time with the ball. His usage rate will go up, and I think his efficiency will stay pretty impressive. I think it may dwindle a tiny bit because he's going to be tasked with being one of the lead scorers on a team that's trying to win, and that's that's going to be difficult. But I think his arsenal and, and the plethora of, uh, of what he can do has become more expansive. And I, I think he'll thrive under that responsibility. Whereas a lot of other players when taking a leap in their second years um, have kind of folded under the pressure of taking on more of a responsibility. That's I think foreign to most wings at that age. Yeah. Franz would be a guy that I would pick. And then I will also add Wendell Carter, uh, the reason why is I think Wendell Carter could be this year's Jared Allen where halfway through the year, people are like, wait, this guy's like a borderline all-star candidate this year. Uh, He's just a guy that keeps improving. He's maybe not the most sexy player. He is a center. uh, Like he hasn't been thought of as kind of that elite prospect, but he's a guy that just keeps improving every year. And I watch him and I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I, I expected him. I liked him as a prospect. And then, we kind of thought he disappointed early on, but it's been a slow climb upward for him. And so I think this year is going to be the year where people are like, wait, he's actually really good. <laughs> and he might, he might be their best player. Like I said, they've got that top three. I like them this year, but I think Wendell Carter is going to surprise people. And even like I said, like Jared Allen last year, he might be like a borderline all-star candidate, especially if Orlando does surprise some people. Yeah, and he's uh, to to buttress what you're saying. He scored 15 points a game on 52 and a half percent shooting from the field, 33 percent from three, and he got 10.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and yeah, he can pass. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think what people don't understand is that they had like Mo Bamba and him playing together, so he had to play more of this like stretched out role, and his shot quality wasn't as good as what like it would have been with a better facilitation and and him if he plays center and out the focus and emphasis more on Franz and Paolo I think he really does have potential to improve to I I hesitate to say an all-star but I I agree with your point because it's just hard to be an all-star in the NBA but he he could put up 18 and 12 and pretty pretty easily and I wouldn't be shocked yep yeah not predicting he'll be an all-star but he'll be in that conversation and people will be like well, this guy's better than than we kind of thought he was. So I, I agree with you there. Uh, let's do Detroit. Um, I'm going Killian Hayes here just because I think people have kind of completely given up on him at this point. And frankly, I, I certainly don't think he's got any star potential left. I, I He's not going to be a starter for them. But maybe he can at least bring back some value and show that long-term he can kind of be a third guard. I thought the preseason game he played yesterday might be the best game he's ever played in the NBA. I know it's preseason, but he looked confident. He's worked on that shooting form and kind of brought the ball out more to the side, fixed his shooting hand and elbow. And he's worked a lot. Like he's still a solid defensive player. If he can just become a bit more aggressive and confident offensively, like he's not a starter and Detroit certainly has their two starting guards. But if he can just be a good guard, a good third guard long-term, to me, that that would be really nice for them. 
I think he is the guy with the most to gain. He stands the yeah. most to gain with a good season. Uh, I'm, I, I would agree in terms of that, the way that's phrased, but I just wanted to touch on Sadiq Bay. This is a guy that I was pretty high on coming out of the draft. I really liked what he presented at Villanova and being paired with Cade Cunningham was the best thing that could have happened for his career. I think Bojan Bogdanovic is going to help him out and take pressure off of Sadiq Bay, but I think he'll really thrive in Cade's second year of trying to just get him good shots. And I think he's added enough to his arsenal to become a secondary or tertiary scorer that, will will play a large role down the stretch in, in this career that he will be, I wouldn't say Robin decades, Batman. And that's what you hope Jaden Ivy and Jalen Duran turn into, but he's, he's a key piece to that young franchise's core. Yep. And then, or uh, let's do Houston. Finally, Jalen green, the obvious answer for me, like I said, I think he takes the Anthony Edwards second year leap this year. And I think, I think next year he'll kind of be viewed in a similar class to Anthony Edwards. And right now, I don't think people view him that way. Again, I've been higher on him for a while. But uh, I'll give you two other guys a little more under the radar. Tari Eason is one that I know you agree with. And he's been just killing it in the preseason. I mean, he's a guy that comes in. He just fills up the stat sheet. He's Mr. Energy, Mr. Activity. He'll get you steals, blocks. I don't know how many offensive rebounds he has in the preseason. It seems like he gets four or five per game. Um, and then he's been scoring like 20 points per game off the bench in preseason. I'll be interested to see how many minutes he gets because, like I said, they do have depth in kind of a loaded front court. And the same goes for the the other guy I was going to mention, who is Kenyon Martin Jr., elite athlete. Like he has the tools and can be a very good defensive player and kind of has the skill set to play off of the other more heavy on-ball guys. Like, whenever I've watched him over the last year, I just think he's a positive NBA player with additive skills and certainly an elite athlete. And then now watching him in the preseason, his jumper looks good. That's what I'll be watching to see how that holds up. But he just looks confident in it. It's going in off the catch. And if he becomes like a competent NBA three-point shooter, then he's a legit rotation player for years to come. And so I don't know if people really know his name or his game that well, if you haven't followed the Rockets, but I'd kind of follow all of those guys this year. I think they could all exceed expectations. I agree with you on all of those. Uh, I'd be curious to see what Usman Garuba does, um, but I'm not going to say that I expect him to break out. I, I, it's just a guy I, I watch play in Eurobasket and I'm intrigued by. I see the skills, the flashes that made him an enticing prospect. But my answer is Tari Eason. Um, no surprise there. Sam and I both love Tari, his activity, his energy. He's going to be productive. And I think there's going to be nights where you say, wow, he's the best rookie on the Rockets. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but there's going to be nights that make you feel that way. Yeah, and that's not even saying anything negative about Jabari Smith, but just uh, Tari Eason's a little bit older. He's a little more experienced, and he's physically ready to come in and play in the NBA. But yeah, that just kind of the last point there is, I'm interested to see how those front court minutes are handed out because we talked about three guys right there that we see as breakouts and we didn't even mention Jabari Smith or Shen Goon. Like, how are they going to dole those minutes out? Who's going to play? There's been reports that Kenyon Martin's unhappy with his role. And frankly, if he doesn't play, I, I certainly understand. And if I were another young team, I would try to trade for him if you don't have to give anything up too. So, um, but this has been fun talking about these teams. I feel like from the mainstream NBA, you hear a lot about playoff teams, top top of the league teams. But for us that follow the draft, 
I really enjoy following these guys, kind of evaluating myself, see where I went right and wrong with my evaluations. And you watch these guys follow them so much that you just can't help but want them to succeed and to follow their path. And so I'm very excited to watch each of these teams. And we didn't even mention other teams like the Cavs and, and the, the Pacers as well. Obviously, we only had 30 minutes to hit on these teams here, but very excited for these NBA for this NBA season. Uh, Leaf, any other thoughts or anything else you wanted to hit on before we finish up? I think I think we covered it pretty nicely. It was blast as always. Yeah, and if you're watching on YouTube, let us know which of these teams you think could surprise this year and which one you like long term. Anybody that we didn't hit on, let us know in the comments that you see as a breakout candidate this year. But thank you listeners for tuning in. Thank you for making this podcast your first listen today. I hope that is the case every day and have a good rest of your afternoon.